Welcome to week two of our 10-week pro wrestling crash course. My name is Jeff, and with me is my student, Elliot. Oh, yeah, brother. Nope. All right. Well, that's the end of this series. We'll have... uh, No. It's over now. (laughs) Snap it to a Slim Jim. Uh, Did you notice last week's uh, pay-per-view was Slim Jim's Halloween Oh, Slim Jim's everywhere, right? Yeah, Slim Jim. Well, and... This is where you get the the stuff you're talking about. I mean, Macho oh, Man I'm familiar Slim with Slim Jim yeah, commercials. Yeah, Macho Man. I knew Macho Man did the Slim Jims. I've seen those commercials everywhere. Uh, Macho Man's awesome. So yeah. uh, let's He's in Spider-Man, right? He's in the, is he oh, the one yeah. in the first he Spider-Man? Bone right? yeah. Saw. Bone yeah. Saw. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, awesome. yeah. That's why I thought that was him. Uh, I'll send you a link afterwards so you can listen to his uh, rap diss track of Hulk Hogan. Oh, please. It will be on the way. Um, oh. So this is the 10-week pro wrestling crash course. I take Elliot, who is uh, a nov- less than a novice. What, what would I call you? You've Yeah, I don't even know. You've walked by a wrestling match. And you, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. that's about it. So I, I play I, with wrestling toys. I play with wrestling toys. Oh, man, I had a ring. It blew my mind. Um, so I'm showing him a match a week. I'm teaching him a, a, a wrestling term a week. Uh, but before we do that, I, and I want to say, look in the timestamp if you don't want to hear what we're about to talk about. And I wouldn't blame you if you didn't. Uh, you asked me a question off air uh, if I was going to talk about the wrestler that oh, died in the right. ring. Yeah. Uh, so we'll briefly dive into that because I want to honor any question you have. And uh, so if you don't want to hear something completely tragic, uh, use the, the, the timestamp. Click it. And get out of here. And we'll be back with uh, talking about our word of the day. Um, so the person you're talking about is Owen Hart, um, member of the Hart family, brother to Bret Hart, who I'm sure you're familiar with. Yes, I am familiar with Bret Hart. Um, and uh, he was the younger brother. And some of his best work was being the petulant younger brother to Bret. Bret gets everything. I never get anything. I'm better mm. than Bret. And he was so good. So good. Like you, you we talked about Eddie last week in his heel work how you just didn't like him right he just slimy yeah yeah does a good job of that yeah and it's he's so good at it and and owen was the same way owen just knew how to be that kind of guy like it was so good um but a lot of his early years he played a character called the blue blazer which was like a superhero character and he'd fly around and so in the um in the late 90s 99 he was doing this character again uh, where he would be lowered to the ring from the the top of the arena on a cord, and you know that was like his superhero entrance. So he did that a bunch. He's done it more than once. Okay. Um, and as a matter of fact, you're familiar with Sting, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So Sting would do it all the time. Like over on WCW, he would be lowered down. Uh, you know, he kind of come out of nowhere because he was like Batman in that way. Uh, Sting was close to like a Batman kind of character. And he would come down and he'd kick some ass and he'd attach and they'd pull him back up, you know. No oh, nice, deal. nice. <laughs> uh, it, it was cool. Uh, obviously, there was an end that came to that. And that's because in May of 1999 at a pay-per-view called Over the Edge, uh, this stunt went horribly wrong where he was released from the top of the building he fell like 50 to 90 feet something crazy hit the turnbuckle and um shortly thereafter was pronounced dead at the hospital 
this was a pay-per-view. The event did not uh, make air, right? Like it was, they okay. were in the middle of, it happened when they were in the middle of one of the, like the, the package, the video package that was promoting the match. Um, and, uh, you know, when they cut back, the announcer was there and he's like, uh, you know, this isn't part of the, they have to break kayfabe, right? Cause mm-hmm. kayfabe would be, everything's a story, but it, there's a point in this where Jim Ross, uh, is the announcer at the event. And he says, this is not part of the tonight's planned entertainment. Uh, something awful has happened. And then later on in the show, he comes back and says, Owen has died because of that. And the show went on and there's been a lot of debate on whether it should have or shouldn't have. Um, but regardless, that was the tragic event. There were lawsuits. Uh, Brett Hart at the time was already estranged from the company because of uh, the Montreal screw job, which we'll get into at some point. And now, you know, his brother died there. And, uh, you know, so it was a big, big mess. The next, the following Monday night, they dedicated the entire show to Owen. Um, and, you know, that it's, uh, in my opinion, the darkest day in wrestling. There are people that would argue the Benoit tragedy was worse. Um, and I couldn't deny that it probably was. But to I'm not me, familiar with that at all. Oh, well, it's horrible. Yeah, yeah, no. Um, <laughs> that sounds like a off-air, like, oh, that's what it is. And I'm like, Whoa. Yeah, you can put his name in the computer and find yeah. out. It's It, it was national news. Um, but this was um, something that happened at an event in front of wrestling people where the Benoit one didn't. Um, and it was one of the people who was beloved and even more so now is beloved, uh, Owen Hart. So that's that, uh, horrible event. Yeah. That's uh, like I said, that's one of the few things that I knew of wrestling. I just remember that happening and it was like the thing that everyone talked about. And unfortunately I remember like the rumor of like, Oh, there's a tape of, of the incident, you know, that kids do, you know, I, um, I've heard that rumor myself, and I it has never been shown or leaked. I mean, there are cameras yeah. in the building, so it, it it would not surprise me if that does exist, but it never has been leaked or anything like that. It, I mean, if it does exist, it would be in the hands of the investigators that uh, were investigating the the accident and all that stuff. Mm, so, yeah, um, it would not surprise me if a video does exist, but it has never seen the light of day. It, you cannot find it. So, um, well, uh, welcome back. If you click the timestamp uh, from here on out, it's going to be a brighter day, a brighter yeah. future. Well, it's, it's not fun actually. of Elliot and his ignorance. No. Yes. But yes. Um, but yes. But yes. So today's word of the day is blade. B-L-A-D-E. Like a rollerblade. Hmm. Any any guesses to what blade a might blade. mean? Blade. Uh, is it in reference to like a knife or like a sharp edge? It definitely is. Hmm. A blade. So someone that like, uh, see, I, like turning on a dime would be like that, but sharp. Um, switching sides. No, it's a lot more literal. Okay. Just literally cutting. Yeah. So. Uh, when someone blades in a match, there's another term for it. Maybe this will help you understand what it means. If someone blades, they are also known as getting color. Huh. 
it's kind of a controversial thing. Not so much in wrestling, but outside of wrestling. People hear about it like, oh, Lord, how can they? So what a blade is, is literally, um, there's the literal blade, which often is a piece of a razor blade cut off and wrapped in the tape or hidden somewhere on a wrestler's body. Okay. And then at some point during the match, they are going to get color. Oh, uh, cut, right? Right. So they will uh... remove the blade and put a small incision somewhere on their forehead, usually. If you go and look at pictures of Devon Dudley and okay. uh, Dusty Rhodes and look at their foreheads, these are guys who have blade done many, many blade jobs because it looks like hamburger. Um, uh, it, Ric Flair can bleed just by thinking about it, it feels like, um, because he's done it so much. The meat there is just destroyed. Oh, um, wow. Yeah, so I'm Devon not- Dudley really... Uh, really looks like he's just had his forehead just kind of cut up. Yeah, and we're gonna yeah. get into a Devon Dudley match at some point. Um, but yeah, his, his forehead just, and that's that's blading. Um, now some would say, like me personally, I'm not a a big fan of it when it goes like Devon. Like if your head is just mush, I think you've maybe bladed one too many times. Right. Um, And I kind of take like a Bret Hart approach. Like sometimes the match calls for it. Very rarely, though. You know, you don't need to bleed every match. Um, But on occasion, it can be a piece of effective storytelling. So that's going to lead us into our match this week. Oh, boy. Will there be some blading? Yes. Mm. This match. uh, Let me get my dates out. And wrestling fans might already know where I'm going with this, but it takes place at WrestleMania 13. So our first WrestleMania match. Okay. March 23, 1997. I was 10. There are no titles on the line. Okay. This is just a feud. And to me, that's when wrestling's at its best. Let me know if you've heard of these wrestlers. Brett the Hitman Hart. Yes, yes. Versus... Stone Cold Steve Austin. Oh, yeah, that's great. Is he going to chuck a few beers before he wrestles? I don't remember. It's been a while since I've watched it. Um, But this is one of the... uh, Okay. Have we talked about a turn, like a heel face turn? No. I don't think so. We'll get into it afterwards. Just know going into this match that Brett is a baby face and Steve Austin is is a heel. But there's the tide is shifting in wrestling at this point. To being pro heel, right? Like where people like the heels, People right? are like, man, Steve Austin is cool. And Brett is this guy who's like a clean cut, you know, baby. Like he's boring. Yeah. And so the tide is kind of turning in wrestling where the cool guys, the NWO, are a lot cooler than the, the good guys, right? And um, this match kind of represents, like, if there's a moment in wrestling where you can say that's where it happened, even though, I mean, the Austin 360 promo is probably where it happened. But this is, like, the actual, like, culmination of that, of of two wrestlers, face and heel, swapping places. Okay. Of, I'm the bad guy now, and you're the good guy now. It's called a double turn. Okay. 
and it is very difficult to pull off. And in my opinion, it's only been done well one time. This match. Okay. So uh, this is not, we. you talked about the last week, so the count, right? One, uh-huh. two, three, and predicting when it's going to end. You cannot win this match by pinfall. Oh. This is an I quit match. In order so they to, have to, okay. Not just quit, you audibly, with a microphone in your face, have to say, <laughs> I quit. Okay? Okay. That's the premise of the match. Now, Brett and Austin, they aren't guys who quit, right? And that's the, the, the hook going into the match. Like, which mm. of these guys is actually going to quit? They're both extremely pride prideful. Like, who is going to actually quit? I just don't see it happening. All right. This is... Uh, I'm, ex- I'm interested in this. I'm excited for this match. It is going to be a little longer. Okay. And uh, one thing I want you to know is that going into this match, Brett is one of the few times... I love Brett Hart because he's like a traditionalist. He just... Like, he he makes the kind of wrestling I like where it's like less is more. You don't have to bleed all over the place to have a good match but once in a while he's like in order for this to work we need to get some color and apparent and at the time vince mcmahon was like no we don't blade anymore none of that no bleeding we're not doing Uh. that and but brett's like no we need to get color but it's like no don't do it and so uh in the uh, i don't know i'm gonna let's stop there and then you'll okay. watch the match yeah, and come yeah, back. Yeah. But um yeah. So uh I will send you the link and the timestamp. Uh this is a legendary match. Okay. Uh, much like I mean, Eddie versus Ray is legendary, but it's kind of one of those underrated gyms. Like wrestling fans know about that. Yeah. But then people who this kind is... of this is one that people are like may have heard about even outside of wrestling. All right. I'm interested. So, any questions before we get into the match? Hmm. No, I can't think of anything. Any questions about blading? Because you had that so reaction, right? Thing, How does well, that feel? I had always kind of assumed one of the big things about wrestling was the lack of bleeding. I thought that was kind of one of their big features. So, when you brought that up, I was like, oh, I thought that was like something they purposely stayed clear of. No, quite the opposite. But it's I been around it's, a yeah. long time, and it is so. Kind of the argument is that um, there's two ways to bleed, right? The blade, right, or what is known as the hard way, and which is physically like hurting physically somebody. opening yeah. someone up, which yeah, has happened. Yeah. Uh, the most notably, kind of in recent memory, Brock Lesnar, who you've undoubtedly heard of. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, opened up a guy named Randy Orton, and it was planned to be done the hard way, but he just laid elbows into uh, Randy Orton's forehead until he busted open. It was brutal. And so the argument is, is like, this is actually, blading is actually the more humane way, and it is, (laughs) of of drawing blood. Uh, It's kind of the mixed-up world that wrestling is. I'm interested to see if I, I... is there a trick to blading properly where it doesn't look like you're blading? That's there I'm, I'm kind of interested. Hook, to, my friend. Yeah, I'm kind of interested to see that because now there, I feel like I want to watch for that. Oh, 
I dare I want you to in this match. Okay. 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 Because that's kind of the legend around this one. Because there are times where the camera will cut away. And, oh, or sure. Like sometimes the, the cameraman's not in on it and he's just watching the guy pull the blade out of his wrist tape. <laughs> and you're like, okay. oh, what are you doing? You know, so I've seen like guys start the process. The camera turns away, you know, um, that sort of thing. Because I guess if you're in the audience, it's kind of hard to see if you're far enough away, right? Like they, it can be kind of hidden. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. And they're that... usually ducked down. I've seen guys crawl under the ring <laughs> to do it. Yeah. Um, but let me say this. Bret Hart is the master of just control. Okay. Uh, he is notably, uh, he has always said, I've never injured anyone in my matches. And no oh. one has ever come forward to say, that's bullshit, you injured me. So I believe him, right? Okay. He yeah. is. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I would not want to take a wrestling move from anyone. But if I have to, it would be Bret Hart because he's just awesome. And he's his nickname was the excellence of execution, and that's just him in a nutshell. You know, he's and Brett uh, and Austin has often said that Brett is his favorite opponent. You know, he's my okay. favorite guy to work against um, because he's just a professional. He's that's awesome. cool. Uh, yeah, yeah. So uh, interesting. Yeah. Um, so I'll stop because I'm about to talk about the whole damn thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So we'll we'll watch the match. We'll be back in a bit. And uh, you'll have watched Brett versus Austin from WrestleMania 13. Okay, and we're back. So Elliot has gone away. He's he's watched Brett versus Austin from WrestleMania 13. Um, uh, I think a little bit longer of a match. Definitely a much different match from Eddie and Ray last week. Still in the not. 90s. Um, and it definitely feels '90s in a in a good way, in a in a cool nostalgic way that I enjoyed. You know, like I felt like it, it felt like '90s. Yeah, and 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 it definitely is. So this era of professional wrestling in the WWE has a name. Uh, it's called the Attitude Era, and it is <laughs> among um, loyalists to WWE. It is seen as the greatest era of professional wrestling. Okay. Granted, this is right at the beginning. Stone Cold is about to get red hot. Like so, that was literally my first note. Was how I, I, I'm assuming Brett the Hitman Hart was huge, huge. Um, was he on a downward spiral at this point? So he is like the old guard, right? Okay, so right. from the late '80s, early not he was like the early '90s guy. So okay, what happened with Brett and the reason he had a run on top when he did? is the steroids trial. So um, late 80s, I want to say, um, Vince McMahon was taking a trial for possibly distributing or allegedly distributing uh, and encouraging his wrestlers to use steroids he totally to be big was, and strong. Right, right, like... Allegedly. Allegedly, totally. Okay. Though, right? He was not convicted of it, so allegedly, right, 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 right. Um, the allegations do make sense to me, if that <laughs> is the way to put it, because there is a very distinct break from when that trial happens to the body type you start seeing hmm. on the shows, right? Hmm. And Brett and Brett and Austin are not un. Athletic, you know but, what? I kind of assumed 
I don't know why in my mind that I, I've seen Stone Cold Steve Austin a million times in a million different places, right? And for whatever reason, I, he always struck me as like a refrigerator looking guy, like just big and kind of beefy, yeah. but not muscular. I was really surprised. I was like, man, this guy looks like he's really in really, really good shape, which I yeah. know you have to be to be a wrestler, really. But I was really thrown off by how good, how good he looked in just wearing a Speedo. He just, hey, his tights <laughs> are like bare bones. That's like yeah, what yeah. Austin, if anybody else wears, it's like there's two people who can get away with it, Goldberg and Austin. Where they just wore black boots with black tights. Yeah, it's a good look for him too. I right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The knee brace is a little, but well, he needs that. That's a legit <laughs> knee brace. That's yeah. not there for you know shits Looks. and giggles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a legit injury. Um, so uh, s- some things happening before uh, this is Brett has had. Uh, his rivalry with his younger brother, Owen, who we talked about briefly right. at the beginning of the episode. Um, and, uh, you know, it was a great he they even make mention to it in the commentary. Uh, and Austin had actually had a match with Owen, I believe, at the previous SummerSlam. OK. And it's notable because Owen severely injures Stone Cold in that match. They go for a uh pile driver it's like an inverted one it you don't need to know but it's like an inverted pile driver and in order to deliver it safely your rear end needs to hit the ground before the head of the person you're pile driving right is that you get that picture yeah yeah yeah, i make sense yeah their head shouldn't really be touching the mat you know if you're protecting them and and again we talked a little bit about how brett never injured anyone right and right. here Owen is, and, you know, one of the only things that, you know, people will say negatively about him is is this. And and he did injure Austin uh, with the game, a severe neck injury. And Brett even said, you know, I told Owen he should have apologized. It didn't happen. So there's a little bit of that uh, it had just passed. But Austin, again, is on, on record as saying Brett was one of his favorite people to work with. He is the pro's pro. And he's okay. one of my favorite wrestlers after the fact. Like, he was a guy, like, when he retired, I was like, oh, I like his psychology and, like, he's just old school and he thinks things need to be done a certain way and he doesn't do anything unless it serves a purpose. And yeah. so that kind of goes along with the term of this episode, Blade, right? Right. And so you've seen uh, a Blade job now. Yeah, I was... um. So, not real blood, right? Or real blood? Real blood. Really? Yep. Man, it's really bright, for real. I mean, I, I, that was one of the things I was trying to debate how real it looked. And I was like, man, this is really well done if it's not real blood. Oh, it's real. Yeah. Yeah. He's cut. <laughs> like, that's, like, the only time you'll see fake blood is if it's, pro- like, coming out of something. Like, it looks, like bad like, man the amount tell, of cleanup like, that has to be, take place between matches oh, for something like that's gotta be crazy this is the 90s they don't yeah, know what hepatitis is <laughs> yeah that's right that's <laughs> they wrestle yeah. and then you could go um notably the special guest referee in this match is ken shamrock from yeah they yeah. call him the ultimate fighting world i don't think they were allowed to say championship and actually at the time they weren't known as ufc it was the ultimate fighting okay 
Uh, well, it was I, Ultimate I, Fighting Championship, but it had yet to be abbreviated yeah, kind of yeah, yeah, yeah. in the way I knew it is who now. that was. I knew exactly who he was as soon as they brought him up. I, I was also shocked by his He's uh, shredded. My gosh. Yeah. So Ken Shamrock was one of those guys. Did you ever watch the early years of UFC? Yeah, very little. I roommates. I had roommates in college that were really kind of into it. You know, I so. was in. I was into it. Uh, and to me, those are like the good years. Those are the years before regulations and safety. We're talking um, about what's that one guy I can't think of who would fight like hobos, who would do the hobo fighting that became kind of big. Oh, Tank Abbott. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like that kind of, yeah. He had a little stint as a wrestler in WCW, and it was terrible. Um, Yeah, Ken Shamrock, there's another guy named Dan Severin who had a a run uh, in WWE uh, as that kind of made that crossover. And this really is Ken Shamrock's sort of coming out party. You can see uh, in the end of this match where, you know, him and Brett. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And him and, and, and. no, not him and Stone Cold. Stone yeah, they, I don't think they wanted night. to do that yet. So yeah. the, the when the primary reason for this match is to get a term we haven't really gone over, I don't think, is to get Austin over. Okay. And what that means is popular to really build the character. And I think that this match does that. Um, and I think it's because of the genius of Bret Hart. Um so first thoughts now that you've watched this match um you've seen a blade in action how do you feel about blading and how do you feel about this match so before um before this match i kind of thought wrestling was one of the and i i think i said this in the beginning it's been a little bit since we recorded that first half but i had thought wrestling was really big on the not having blood and i thought that was a really big proponent of wrestling and why it was like Oh, it's like physically violent, but like there's no blood, so it's okay. Like like Marvel movies, right? You're like throwing uh, PG-13 because someone gets shot, but you never actually see the bullet, right? You know, the people die, but you never actually. It's never like you know, it's always off screen. So I kind of thought that was how wrestling was. Um, and again, that's just my ignorance, right? My lack of actual knowledge of the subject matter at all. Yeah, um, and you even hear now. Did you notice who the commentators were? Did any of them ring a bell? Okay, so the guy with the cowboy hat again. Names are terrible for me. He's Jim huge. Ross. Jim yes. Ross. He's huge. largely considered the greatest of all time. Yes, I, I agree. personally put him second place. Okay, and then I know the guy with the epileps epitaps on his shoulders. I've seen him everywhere, and he wears Jerry the, the King Waller. You know, so I've heard him, and then I saw it was Vince, who yes. looks very young. That's the um, guy I was going to point out. So Vince McMahon at this time, it's kind of a a secret that he owns the company. Now, the Internet is kind okay. of growing, right? And and people are starting to get wise here in the 90s because of the Internet that, hey, Vince actually owes, owns this company. And this is what kind of ushers in what's called the Attitude Era is the fact that the veil sort of pulled back, right? The okay. secrecy is gone because of the internet. And, you know, Vince is going to start playing into that later um, somewhat by accident because of how his relationship with Brett ends. And I'm debating on if we do that match, uh, the screw job. That's interesting. Because he, Vince, I, I know I have seen clips of him wrestling. Was he prolific or no. is it just kind of like a one on every now and again thing? Arguably, and it's what I, I kind of agree with, the greatest rivalry of all time 
is Stone Cold versus Vince McMahon. Okay. Not because of the match, but because of what it drew um, to draw. Do you know what that means? Just like the, an audience number? Yeah, it draws an audience, draws money. Yeah. It, it brings in the bacon. And no rivalry has brought in more money than Austin versus Vince. And so Vince kind of got in the ring. He's always been a bodybuilder, um, which kind of lends back to the allegations. <laughs> uh, he himself, I believe, possibly, possibly has admitted using that. I can't remember. I think he did. I could be wrong. Possibly. Definitely, possibly, maybe. He has is quite shredded. Um, yeah. He is, even at 70-something, he takes his shirt off and he just... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but... Uh, you know, his, his rival, the reason he started wrestling is that rivalry was so red hot that he had to get in the ring. And as a matter of fact, so at this time, last week we watched, excuse me, last week we watched a WCW match and it's kind of close in time with this, um, a, a little bit later, I think, but at the time WCW was running Monday night. Monday Nitro on the same night as Monday Night Raw and just creaming the okay. WWE. And actually, the uh, the first time since there was an 83-week streak where WCW just beat WWE in the ratings. Wow. Where the, f- the time they finally beat WCW, the main event was Austin versus Vince McMahon. Okay. So it that's kind of how red hot it is. And... Um, this is obviously before that rivalry starts, but it, it gets going uh, later on in the year. I now, did have a quote that I thought was pretty amusing. Mm-hmm. One of the commentators go, uh, Brett runs Austin into something, into a pole or into maybe even the stairs. And he goes, that'll shatter the cranium. And then like, <laughs> two seconds later, he goes, Maybe it won't. <laughs> I just, to me, it was so, it was perfect. Because you're like, that's, yeah, that should shatter a cranium. You're absolutely right. I think that, that sounds like maybe Jerry the King Lawler, because he's the only guy doing comedy. Um, but so Jerry the King Lawler had not that long before this had a rivalry with Brett uh, okay. that ended in a kiss my foot match uh, where the loser had to kiss the other's yeah, foot. Yeah. And uh, it was gross. Uh, Brett won, obviously. Uh, so, uh, now what it like you've, you've watched the match. So again, I asked, well, how did you feel about the blading? Yeah, the blading. So I, I kept waiting for it to happen and I knew it was going to be a little bit later. And then when it did happen, I, I know we had talked about like, oh, try to find it. So I, of course, rewound it to try to see. And you could tell probably where it took place, but you can't, yeah. there's no way you could have been like, oh yeah, like. Where there was the bl- yeah you know I mean it, it kind of because they get off the the ring they get out of the ring and they're kind of pushing over to where all the commentators are and I'm assuming that's kind of where it happened it looked like yeah but so that's, that's all you I see think, right I think that again is Brett just being a genius so the whole thing was is that Austin so the story is and I'm going to ask you this question um, but the story is that. Uh, at this time, you mentioned there not being blood and that kind of being mm-hmm. a thing. That's because actually, for a long time here, WWE didn't do blood. Okay, and they kind of went through a phase here in the late '90s where they started again, and into the 2000s, and then stopped again. Um, 
and generally speaking, I kind of like it better when there's not the blood, but on occasion, you need it. Yeah, I it didn't bother me. I wasn't like upset by it. I I like I said, I was like, man, they're gonna have to do a lot of cleaning. Like, there's blood all over that mat in the ring. There's blood all over those mats. I'm like, oh man, there's like they definitely are gonna have to mop up after before they they can continue because that's definitely like a biohazard. That and oh, that's my care. like 2023 brain going. Oh yeah, you can't be doing that. Kind that's of why stuff. so many wrestlers right. get staff. They they do. <laughs> oh okay. Yeah. yeah I, oh, I and they still have these like bloody that, matches, yeah. but they changed the. There was a match uh, between Cody Rhodes and his brother Dustin Rhodes. Dusty. Yeah. Uh, where it's super bloody, but they changed the mat after. But um, so let me ask you this: so the whole story of this match is someone's going to quit. Right. And Brett or Austin and Austin is this big, tough, badass guy. There's no way he's going to quit. And Brett is just sort of like. I don't know why they say he's not going to quit, but he he's just the professional like and the other part of the storyline is Brett has the sharpshooter, which is the submission hold. Right. That, right. You know, is deadly. And Austin is a brawler, so he doesn't really have a submission hold, you know. Yeah. Um, and and so the story is, is that you get to the end of the match and Austin doesn't tap out. He never quits. He just, right. passes, he just out, passes out. Yeah, yeah. And Shamrock has to stop the match. If let's say for a moment this match doesn't have blood in it. How do you feel about it? So I did the same thing I did last time where I was picking a winner before the match started. Uh, I you had given me the time to start to watch the match. I had gone a little earlier than that and had kind of started to get, you know, because they do a really long, uh, a decent montage of, like, what's leading up to these events, right? Yeah. And it's not like Brett had done something or said something um, a, a couple weeks before that was, like, not TV friendly. And they so he was kind of, like, getting shunned a little bit. So I kind of assumed that was going to continue. Um, only because you had mentioned, like, this was, like, you know, Steve Austin's really starting to rise. I thought this was going to be, like, his first real big, like, Oh, I'm here. Like, deal with me, kind of thing. Yeah. So I did not see him losing. I had picked Austin um, as the winner before the match had started. Um, and then, like, when I when you learn that he gets you know passes out, I kind of thought that was like the only way this match was going to end, right? Like, how how many big matches that are like of this style where like someone actually does tap out? There are some. Um, this is in my opinion, like the best submission match ever made. There are good ones. There's one between Cena and Austin or not Cena and Austin, but Cena and Randy Orton that I really like uh, where they have to bring in like an additional prop. Like Cena does his, his finishing submission hold while he's got handcuffs wrapped around his face. You know, they always kind of have to escalate it to where the guy quits because it's just so absurd. Um, But then there's the other ones, which I really don't like. And they've done this recently in an I Quit match where they hold someone else hostage. Oh, okay. <laughs> so there's, there's a Edge, uh, one of my favorite current wrestlers. He's in a wrestling match and they get his wife and they're like, we're, you know, she's going to get beat up if you don't <laughs> quit. You know, yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah. it's, I hate that. It's so stupid and a cop out. Um, to me, this is, this has not been topped as far as like a submission style match where it tells a story. Um, like and at the end of it, Austin comes out like a million bucks. Like the the right. genius thing about this match is you go in, it's like a fifty fifty crowd, right? Yeah, yeah, really. Yeah, yeah. 
and and at the end, everybody is chanting Austin, right? And yeah. I, it just it's so brilliantly done. So there's something called ring psychology, and I think the greatest of all time at ring psychology, in my opinion, is Brett, and he just knows like if what to do to get the reaction you want out of the audience to tell the story. So he wrestled a match with his brother Owen at WrestleMania 10. And he says, you know, we, we created the match. We figured out what we wanted to do. And as I'm laying in bed, I'm like, Oh, this is going to make Owen the good guy because he's going to be high flying around doing really neat, awesome stuff. You know, things that people are going to be like, yeah, this guy's great. And he got him on the phone and says, we need to rethink this. We need to ground your offense because people are going to like you and you're the bad guy, you know, and that's mm. why he's so smart. Because in this match, Brett becomes the bad guy. Oh, for sure. I definitely I definitely got those vibes. Um, I also loved I loved the crowd work that they did, you know, because I'm assuming most matches you're not really getting outside that not the square the ring barricade, but, but would yeah, be the term. Yeah, 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 the barricade. Um, so I thought that was kind of cool because they did that really. They do that really early on in the match, and I think um, it's one of the reasons it was smart to have Shamrock there. He's essentially a bouncer at that point, like right. clearing the way for uh, Hart and Austin. Yeah, and I, who's going to mess with them, right? Who's going to be like, ah, you know, you get some Joe Schmo referee out there. Yeah. <laughs> or I did you get like there was a trail of like guys in orange jackets behind them. Yeah. Like to push the crowd back. I, I did find that really like the whole just the whole theatrics of it. I really is it, very amusing. I, I, you know, I wasn't like bored by it at all. Yeah. I keep getting sidetracked. So the story is, is that Austin anyway, because I said, what do you think this match would be without blood? I personally think it would be worse because I think the the visual at the end where Austin's in the sharpshooter and he's pressing up and his face turns up and there's blood streaming down his face and he's screaming and then he passes out. I think without that visual, the match isn't as good. Yeah, it doesn't it definitely doesn't vilify Bret Hart as much as it. Yeah, you're I, I get that for sure. So, I, that was a big moment. But also, I thought the first moment, like right out with the first cutting or the first blood, you're just, I didn't see it coming. Um, even though I knew it was going to even come at I some point. Yeah, he just I did not it was it was kind of like, oh yeah, that's right. There's that is happening now. So I and I kind of thought it was gonna get bloodier and bloodier. So um oh, and I can I, show you one that well <laughs> will make you lose your lunch. Well, I guess I just thought it would escalate exponentially, and I'm kinda glad that it didn't like just get yeah. out of hand. Um because it never felt like out of hand. I never felt yeah. like this is too graphic, this is too much blood, this is like theatrics at this point it never felt like theater what makes brett special is he's insanely precise and that is what you call a perfect blade job where it's 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 a gusher but it's controlled right he's not losing Mm -hmm. a ton of blood um there's another blade job done against eddie guerrero from last week uh where it is bad. <laughs> it yeah. is bad. It looks like Chainsaw Massacre in the ring at the end of the match. Um, and tale is, is that he went into shock afterwards, but we're oh, not going to go there. Yeah. That's just gratuitous at that point. It's a great match, though. Um, but what I'm going to say, I keep tr- getting sidetracked, is that you know the tale is, is that Brett's like, we need to have color in this match. And Austin's like, at this time, Austin's not really as- quite established as, uh, you know, 
being able to kind of get in trouble, right? Like right, he's right, like, right. Ah, the boss doesn't want us to do it. We're told there's no blood. And Brett's like, I'll do it. Like Brett doesn't care. And Brett's like, and I'll make sure he doesn't see it. We'll just say it's an accident. He got busted open on an accident. And Brett, the ballsiest man in the world, not only does he do it, he sets it up where it's in like right next to Vince. And yeah, then, but he also yeah, like really is. when they throw him over there, they knock over like the Spanish announcer. Everybody's over. Vince is turned around looking at the guy falling over behind him, and that's when the blade job happened. It's so genius. <laughs> like nobody saw it. How often but, is that a thing where the senior guy will say something to the junior guy, like, hey, we're gonna do we should do this? And the younger guy or the you know fresher guy is like, well, I guess I kind of need to follow like what Brett says. It's Brett. Well, it, there is a, a lot of locker room hierarchy and you need. So especially in the WWE there is an interesting book. If you want to read uh, a wrestling book, it's called uh, There's Only One Problem by Brian Gewertz, who is a, a wrestling writer. Um, and he talks about the rules that wrestlers have in the back. And he's just a writer, but he still had to follow these rules. And you shake everyone's hand when you see them. Yeah. You shake their hand. And if you're the vet, you listen to the, you know, I mean, the young guys need to listen to you. There's a sure. level of respect there. And and Brett's one of those guys who deserves it to me. Like, he just, he's just the genius. He's so smart. And like... Also, like, he's not only that, but he's also, like, humble. And mm-hmm. some people say he's not. Like, Triple H doesn't really like him, but whatever. But yeah. anyway, <laughs> um, you know, uh, and I just think, like, he did that so perfectly. And then as he dumps him in the ring, he's grabbing the chair and throwing it in the ring. Oh, he's got the, the chair belt. is my favorite. I love a good chair. You love a good chair? I know I sent you that that little tiktok or whatever yeah yeah and i i've seen that a thousand times and i laugh every time because it's to me folding chairs and wrestling are like peas and carrots yes you I know agree. i i just there is no it. better wrestling weapon you will see other oh, there's things not. there's not i don't know the uh the, the light bulbs the long tubes those no. are pretty good too because you're just like what are, of course they're gonna just shatter everywhere I hate but. those. <laughs> that that is the ultraviolet wrestling stuff. I don't. Yeah, yeah. I don't do it. And there's like mercury in those. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, you should yeah. not do it. But yeah. Oh, I remember my dad when we were younger. We I would go and do work for him, and he would be like, "Oh, you gotta change the light bulbs, but like don't let them break because they do the stuff and it can make you go blind." And I was like, "That's not true." And of course, I looked it up, and it is true. And I, ever since then, I'm like super like paranoid about changing those kinds of light bulbs, which is just yeah. ridiculous. But anyway. And then, there's a guy named Nick Gage who bathes in them, basically. Um, uh, he's a maniac. He's actually a really interesting person. But, well, anyway, that's uh, neither here nor there. Um, the folding chair was great. I thought yeah. the use of the chair it was both two or three hits that were done with the chair. I I loved it. I, and I, I think they were more safe. Like, you look how Brett takes the one where he's on the top of the rope. He yeah. kind of bends down and takes it on the back as opposed to the head. Brett's the safest guy in the ring. Like, he is not going to get you hurt. Um, but he also like when he starts tossing stuff in the ring, like, I don't know. There's a part of me that's like, oh, he's here to do damage now. Like, yeah, it's interesting to me as someone who's rewatching these, how quickly and easily I'm into the match. Like, um, next week's match, I had started prematurely just to find it. 
And I, it started, I sat down, I'm like, oh, yes, here we go. And I'm like, I got to stop because I'll watch it later. Yeah. But, um, yeah, and that was just a moment where I just, I knew the finale was about to get going. And then you have Austin after he's been beat to hell. Chairs, bells. He's tried to strangle Brett, kill him. It didn't work. And Brett has got him, you know, and then finally Austin gets that flurry at the end. And now the crowd has kind of already turned, right? They're like, right. damn, this guy's been beat down the whole time. And look at him go. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I thought that too. And so they, of course, get to the finale. He's bleeding everywhere. He never taps out. And so Brett is one, and not only has Brett won, he starts hitting him afterwards. Yeah, how often is that a thing, too? I I, I think in both matches we've watched, um, there's been some post-fight fighting. So that's a good point. And it doesn't happen all, all that often. Like, it would get old, but it really does kind of help establish the heel. And when you've got Brett, who is an in-betweener at this point, or even a babyface... You need that little bit more to just sort of say, okay, Brett's the bad guy now, right? You, yeah. We we got it where we were rooting for Austin, and he never quit. Now you're beating him while he's down? You son of a bitch. You know, like, and that's right. That's Brett again being like, this is how it needs to work for the crowd to do what I want them to do. Yeah, which is, I mean, that it works. You're, you're totally right. He does really you know, play to the audience, knows how to play to the audience. It, I, something I really didn't think of, but when you say it, I'm like, oh, it is exactly what happens. The audience does, like, turn. Yeah. Um, I, I just don't want to sit here and praise him all day, but he's <laughs> or one of them anyway. Uh, so I wanted to point out a couple things that the commentators say that probably uh, didn't make sense to you. Actually, one thing in particular is a moment where J.R. Jim Ross says this isn't about posing or covering a bald spot. This is like mm-hmm. something along the lines of like young, you know, battlers. Do you, do you get any idea what that's about? No, not at all. So at this time, again, WCW is creaming WWE and their big guy, their head guy is Hulk Hogan. Right. Whose big thing is posing. And he's got, of course, his bail pattern baldness right so that's right, him just right, right. they're in comfortably in second place so they're taking shots you know <laughs> at hogan and it's just kind of petty but i also was like i bet ellie's just not even gonna know what the fuck he's talking no, about I, that's totally gl- i was totally glossed over by that um so at the uh one hour 40 mark uh brett takes a turnbuckle bump now did we establish what a bump is i don't think we did so a bump is anytime you fall on your back or and then like it, technically if you're training, it's like you're falling on your back. It's a back bump or really now it just kind of means any sort of taking of an offensive maneuver. Um, you're taking a bump if you're okay. falling. Right. Uh, and so there's a moment where Austin Irish whips, which, OK, let me stop. He grabs, uh, you know brett and kind of flings him running into the the, the turnbuckle which is okay. in the corner right and he rams it and he falls backwards and it always looks amazing and it's in bret hart's book he talks about that happened on accident once while wrestling where he just ran full force into the buckle and it looked brutal and then like the the guy who's wrestling like brett are you okay he goes yeah 
that didn't hurt at all. And he just kind of learned how to take these bumps, this particular bump that he does like in every match, and it makes me happy. I remember I don't... watching um, the wannabe of the next WWE or WWF wrestling. Tough enough. Tough enough, yes. And that was like the first day kind of stuff where they were like learning how to do that kind of stuff. And I... And at the beginning of the episode, they're like, oh, this hurts. And then by the end, they're like, oh, this is, like, really cool. You can just, like, pick somebody up and, like, throw them, essentially, without, like, any repercussion. Yeah. Um, so, also, at the end of the match, I, I think it's JR says, there's going to be, this is going to be a tough act to follow. Right. Uh, so, do you think they had a better match after this one that night? Um, so I, again, I kind of skipped forward a little, or skipped, you know, back forward yeah um to see what was next and and not it didn't catch my eye so i didn't stay i i stayed and watched the next little like uh, segment whatever that was with um i couldn't i don't even remember but i watched that for about five minutes before i was like oh okay and then i skipped to the the fighting and it just didn't appeal to me i was like "Eh, okay and yeah. I was like, that's fine. It's fine. There's probably a reason why we were not watching this match. And, <laughs> yes. You know. I don't even know who's in it. So WrestleMania 9 and 11 are largely considered some of the worst. Um, okay. But this was 13. Um, and the only saving grace, honestly, is this match. Like everything else is just kind of ho-hum, who cares? But you are aware that WrestleMania is like the Super Bowl of pro wrestling. Right. I, I, that's, yeah. Oh, uh, yes. Yeah, and and we're going to get at least one more WrestleMania match before the end of our 10 weeks. Um, So at the end of these, we ask, as I said before, uh, Dave Meltzer, the most prolific wrestling writer, likes to rate things uh, with five stars. Of course, he has, as of late, broken that and gone above, but we're going to stick with five stars. Uh, Last week, you gave uh, Ray versus... Uh, Eddie Guerrero, 4.2 stars. Mm. So what are you going to give Brett versus Austin at at WrestleMania 13? I'm going to go four point. I'm going to go four and a half. I'm going to go four and a half. I I was entertained. Uh, The only thing, the only real downside was the match did feel a little long. Really? That's not good. Just a little long. I, maybe it was going up into the crowd and then coming back down okay. and going. It felt a little long. Um, uh, we're going to have longer. <laughs> I, I, I'm not fine with that. I definitely like. No, I'm not going to put you through. So at WrestleMania 12, there was the Iron Man match between Brett and Shawn Michaels. And that was over an hour long. I'm not going to do that. That's to crazy. You. That's but crazy. There will be a 30 minute match. But is that a good match? Was that a good match? No. Well, okay. It's widely considered to be good. I personally went back and watched it. It is tough to get through. It doesn't it is hold a, up. Yeah. It is a slow paced match. And while there's no problems with it, it's just so slow. Um, there are better Iron Man matches, uh, but they also tend to be a lot more gimmicky. So. It's not for me. I like, to me, like 25 to 30 minutes is like perfect. Um, Some of them I've seen have been longer and they're still good. But if you're like main eventing and you're trying to give people who are like me, like wrestling fans, like the guys who love the stuff in between the ropes. Right. A 25 minute to 30 minute match is kind of. No, that's probably about. about right. 
Well, you know, in the first match, I could definitely see where they were taking a break. Right, I could see where they were kind of like recoup some energy. Match. <laughs> right, yeah. I could see, I could, see, but I could see it. Right, I could be like, yeah. "Oh, you're like, you're just kind of like pussyfooting around to try to, you know, before you do some crazy stuff." I didn't feel like that was a thing that I saw in this one. I don't feel like I saw like, "Oh, you're just kind of like chilling, waiting to do something crazy." You know, like there was some like in the beginning where like he was pulling on Steve's leg and like stepping on it, but even like putting the foot through like the folding chair, I liked it. Yeah. Even though it was just kind of silly. I'm like, Oh, I'm like, I just wanted to pick up that chair and just smack you with it. And he did. Yeah. And he did. Yeah, and he that, did. Yeah, exactly. That's the best kind of wrestling is when you like, you know what he should do here. And then they start doing it. You're like, Oh hell yeah. This is what I want. You know, like, Especially as me, like, wrestling's predictable now. Like, if you and I got together and sat down and watched whatever wrestling show was on, I'd be like, okay, this is about to happen. Okay, this is because I've just watched so much and there's formula and flow to things. That's like Tony Romo with calling football, where in the beginning when he first started calling football matches, um, he would be like, hey, they're getting ready to, like, they're going to rush it. They're going to rush right here. Watch. And then they would do it, right? And at the beginning, I was like, damn, man, he's so good at, like, calling this. And I know it's because he's a quarterback and, you're, you know, he's born to do that kind of thing. Yeah. But now when I watch him and he'll do it, you know, he'll be like, oh, they're going to run it right up the middle. He, they'll do it and they run it right up the middle and it pisses me off. Like, stupid Tony Romo. <laughs> you know, like, it, it, like, it irritates yeah. me a little bit. So do you get that with wrestling where you're like, they're just going to, like, do this and then they do it? Do you get like that? Yeah, when I can see. So that edge match I was talking about before, which was the I Quit match, as soon as his wife, Beth Phoenix, showed up, who's also a wrestler. Okay. So it wasn't like they were beating on some helpless woman. <laughs> right. And there was another woman. So he was facing yeah, off yeah. against the group and the woman did uh, the beating on the other woman. Um but as soon as she showed up, I was like, oh, they're doing this finish. They've done it before with Mick Foley. Um, I want to say there was another one where it happened. Um, but I, I, I've seen that finish before. And a finish is what you call the end of a match. Right. Um, how you go home. And I, and that pisses me off. I'm like, oh, they're just doing this finish again. Like, oh. Like do, you, some... do you find that that takes away from your overall enjoyment now? Hmm. Because, like, well, there's only so many ways you can end a wrestling match, right? Or am I wrong? Yes, but there's also, like, the the story in between. So, uh, and this is actually good leading into next week, is uh, we're, we're going to do a more modern classic. Okay. Um, something that I think is probably one of the best wrestling matches in the last 10 to 15 years. Hmm. Um. It is uh, from not that long ago. I don't have the year in front of me. About maybe four or five years ago, I think. Um, and it is kind of more of this modern telling of of, of a wrestling match. And um, the the two wrestlers don't have a particularly long rivalry. As a matter of fact, uh, you know, the match we're going to watch next features a wrestler making their debut in WWE, oh, okay. um, but he was very famous in Japan. Hmm. Um, so uh, I might as well say, so one thing, uh, listener, uh, is that we're kind of switching the format just to tweak it a little bit. We've been kind of recording in two halves, and it kind of makes the episode a little disjointed. So I'm going to tell you your match now as opposed to okay. at the halfway point. Right, right. Um, so next week we're going to be watching 
uh, Shinsuke Nakamura, who's a Japanese wrestler, uh, face off against a gentleman by the name of Sami Zayn. This is Nakamura's first match in WWE. You're going to notice they're wrestling for a company called NXT or a brand called NXT. Yeah, I've heard of NXT. Yeah, this is their developmental brand, but this is where Triple H was running the show. And if you don't know who oh, Triple okay. H is. No, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, he basically, he was sort of like training to become the new creative guy going forward. There's a long story there I won't get into. But in my opinion, these years of NXT are the best wrestling Mm, okay full stop like just the best shit every time so this is at what's called a takeover which is like their pay-per-view kind of sh- big event like a wrestlemania okay or a, a you know a bigger event so i don't know if i said this but they started doing 12 you know pay-per-view or big right. events a year and so now this this little company the the training section they kind of do like four uh what they call takeovers that kind of coincide with the four biggest uh, WWE events of the year, which would be WrestleMania, Royal Rumble, Survival, Survivor Series, and SummerSlam. Okay. And so this is um, TakeOver Dallas, which I believe is WrestleMania weekend? I can't remember. doesn't matter. But uh, it's Nakamura showing up against Sami Zayn. I think this match is a little longer. might test your patience, but I love this match. Like, when I watched it live, I was like, holy shit! Like, it blew my balls off. And so I I hope it does the same for you. Yeah, I'm prepared to have my balls blown right off. Oh, good thing you've filled in. Um, You haven't left (laughs) yourself a lot of room as far as uh, star ratings. You got a 4.2, a 4.5, so... And I'm only showing you good shit. It's like, <laughs> I'm not showing you any bad things. Maybe I could. I could do a Undertaker versus El Gigante from WrestleMania 9. Uh, wrestling fans are shuddering. Um, but I'm not going to do that. So uh, we'll be back next week for week three of the 10-week wrestling podcast. 10-week wrestling pro course of which is lightning and crash. <laughs> It's falling apart here, uh, but yeah, we'll be back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're good. Yeah, thanks for listening. We'll be back next Yeah, week. that's what yeah, I was trying yeah, to say. Yeah, there you go. I didn't say I was good at this. No. Oh.